Welcome. And thank you for joining the Father's Vineyard podcast. We are located at 724 Oakland Road in Spindale, North Carolina, and invite you to join us. We are a church that loves God, loves people, and makes a difference. And now, let's join today's service. Hold up on that car wash. You know, that's probably the first song, uh, first time that song has been sung here without people standing and swaying. So stand up. I, you just got to move with that song, right? So just, 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 just sing it again. Sing it again, Charlie. Doesn't that feel better? But we don't go by feelings. No, but we have feelings. We might not have to go by them, but we have them. You know, it's like I said, I'm really, and you can, oh. You know what? What? God does, God already knows who he is. Yeah. You know who needs to hear that? Who? We do. We need to know who he is. We need to know that God's in our circumstance in every situation. Well, I got. God's not lost. He knows who He is, right? So when we say You are God, we're reaffirming that we know who He is. Well, I I need to tell you something. He's God in your circumstances. That's right. (laughs) He's God in all our circumstances. Amen. You know, I love the worship. I I really do. Some sometimes the quietness of the songs of worship puts me in a, in, a, in a situation of reflecting of how good he really is. And uh, we've got uh, Bill, where are, you, where are you looking? There you are. And uh, Bill's, Bill's going to tell us a little bit about how good he is. Where's the microphone? Where's the microphone? There it is.
getting ready to go back out. And she said, I got there. I stood there for a couple of seconds, got a blank look on my face, and went down and hit the ground. Uh, I wasn't down long, just a couple of seconds, and I was ready to get back up. But she called the paramedics out, and they came out and ran an EKG strip on me. And two hours later, I had an appointment already with the cardiologist. And um, she called him, and they said that if they could get me there by 1.30, which was an hour away, that um, they could see me then. So we took me to the cardiologist, and they were worried about my heart, and they wired me with a heart monitor for two weeks. And uh, when the heart monitor, two weeks was up, I sent it in, and they scheduled me for an echo, which is an ultrasound of your heart. And it was cool to watch it, because you can watch it on the screen and watch all the valves opening and everything. But um, the next day, I had another cardiology appointment, and I had had people laying hands on and praying on me. And we got to the cardiologist, and while we were there, I asked him, I said, well, how did the, the graph from the heart monitor and the echo look? He shrugged and he said, they look fantastic. And now the three main heart meds that I've been on for about 20 years now since I've had congestive heart failure that long, um, he cut them all in half. And... And instead of twice a day, I only take them once a day now. So that's, it's all God. It's all God. Amen. Amen. God bless you, Joe. Somebody told me one time, said, uh, you know, I, I don't believe in miracles. Miracles are for... That's true. That's true. Amen. That's true. See, that's the circumstance that he was in charge of. He was God. Still is God. Amen. But I had someone said, you know, we, we're, I don't really believe in miracles. We don't believe in that at our church. And I said, what do you do when you need one? He said, he looked at me and smiled. He said, I guess I'll want one then. <laughs> oh, me. Well, God's good. He really is. He is good. He really is. Um, we're going to go back into this thing of uh, learning how to stand firm. In a world that we live in, we need to be able to take a stand. Um, you know, if you don't take a stand for something, you'll fall for anything. That's a cliche, but it is true. You know, you got to find something that you stand for. That way you'll know whatever is against that, that's what you stand against. Does that make sense? But we're going we're to be talking about the standing firm. Uh, over in Galatians chapter 6, uh, we read this last week, but uh, we're going to be talking about, I'm going to remind you a little bit about what we talked about last week. We talked about all the things that come at us that actually it's, it's people but it's, it's the spirit or the darkness that is driving people that, that, that makes them judgmental, makes them 
uh, mean and they'll be cruel to you. And the Bible said they'll, they'll be abusive to us as Christians and to people. Uh, they'll be mockers. They'll be slanderers. And we talked about that big list of everything that, that's coming at us from the darkness. <clears throat> and we need to understand that that's not going to slow down. That's going to increase. And the reason we know that is because Isaiah said that the, the darkness is going to be on the earth and it's going to grow and it's going to be gross darkness shall cover the earth. Gross darkness. But before he said that, he said, arise and shine. So our job in this darkness is to arise and shine. Let your light so shine that men shall see your good works and give your Father in who is in heaven the glory. You know, so we have a job to do. But if we're not able to take a stand, we won't be able to do that in the darkness. You hear what I'm saying? So when we look at it, I should have my clicker unless, unless uh, somebody else has got it. Are you all going to operate it? Yes or no? No? Can you move to the next one? There, there it goes. So we started out with this, finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God. I'm going to stop right there and I'm going to go to the next slide and because uh, we need to understand. We need to understand that armor is not not a physical thing. It's a spiritual thing. We, we you know, a lot of us know we can sort of name the armor of God and what what it is. But do you know what it is spiritually? And why do we need that spiritual? The first one. Go to the first one. I wish I could have my clicker. Hmm. That's backwards. Go forward. First one, there you go. Thoughts. Your salvation is for you. It's the helmet of salvation. The helmet is for your thoughts. You, we have got to get our thinking right. If our thinking is wrong, we will not be able to do the rest of it. You got that. So it's very important that we understand that the, the salvation, the deliverance for our lives is in our thoughts. It's, it's from Jesus, but our thoughts need to be lined up. We need to be thinking what Jesus is thinking. Amen? That's when transformation comes. Romans 12, 12 2 says that, that, that we can be transformed by the renewing, not renew all, not a one-time event, but a, an ongoing event. And once we line up with what he's thinking and his thoughts, you'll have transformation. We've got a lot of people that are born again but not transformed. They're going to heaven, but they're not making an impact on earth. We're here to make an impact on earth, right? Not just to be saved only, but to be mature and become the sons of God that creation is groaning to see. The Bible says that there's a groan in creation for us to grow up. Creation wants to see us grow up. That was real good, Pastor. <laughs> Because we, we, we have got to, we've got to not, we've got to not, we, we, we have got to be at this place that we do not allow our walk with God be reduced to this. This is important, but our Christian walk with God is not reduced to this right here on Sunday morning. It's got to be much greater than that. It has to be much greater than that. Okay, so salvation, the thoughts has got to be, that's the reason that helmet is covering your thoughts. Next, then you have the heart is righteousness. 
That's the breastplate of righteousness. So what does that mean? I'm, we don't have a breastplate, but we do spiritually. Because the Bible says you are. And when you're a believer, you say me. Say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So that's how you think. Why? Because that's what the Bible says. You are, us as believers, we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You know, some of you know the story. I was with several pastors one time at a, eating lunch, and, and one, one said, well, I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. And I said, well, I'm not. They said, what? You, you're, you're not? And I said, I'm not an old sinner saved by grace, no. Well, what are you? I said, I'm a saint. That's what the Bible calls me. I may not act like one, but he's already called me that, so I'm, I'm acting like one as best I can. But the more I surrender, the more I will be acting like one. I, and I told him, I said, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Are you saying you're righteous? And I said, no, he said I was. I said, you want to make, make it like, like, you know, I'm bragging on me. No, I'm bragging on him. He said I was no longer a sinner. I'm his child. Anyway. So, so we got the heart, our being has got, has got, we have to have this thing about we are the righteousness of God. The reason we can say that boldly is because he's already said it. You're just saying what he says. You go around thinking that all you are is a sinner, then what you think upon, you will do. Think, think, think about you being a sinner all the time, and you'll be sinning all the time. Yeah, do, do I sin? Yeah. I'm not perfect, but I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am being perfected. I am becoming more and more mature. Okay, okay, all right, all right, let's move on. We've got to have the heart of the righteousness, because that's who he says we are. He took our sins and gave me his righteousness. Well, I, you know, say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. All right, the loins. Loins uh, gird about your waist, your, 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 your loins with truth. You know, I, and what hit me looking at this is, is uh, the belt. It's the belt of truth. And, and the Bible, not the Bible, but, but people say, well, you, we live in the Bible belt. I said, you can't prove it by me. You hear what I'm saying? I know a lot of people that know the Bible, but I know a lot of people that, that know the Bible that don't live the Bible. Okay, you know, I, I, I'm not fighting with you this morning. I'm really not. I'm trying to open up the conversation that, that, that we've got to rethink some things that we're saying. Right? So we need to understand that this thing, but see, your belt surrounds you. So you have got to be surrounded with what? Truth. Let truth surround you. Everything about you needs to be undergirded with truth. All right. Let's go to the next one. And your feet has preparation of gospel, of peace. So your walk has to be a peaceful walk, not an agitated walk. 
Who am I talking to this morning? No, no, I'm messing with you. I'm messing with you. Not, not, not a quick, a quick to get hot. I, I mean, fly off the handle. Give them a piece of your mind. That's all we can give anyway. We'll, we'll just have a peace of mind anyway. You understand what I'm saying? That we've got to be able to walk in peace. If, if, if people need peace that are around you and you're not walking in peace, you can't give them peace. Can't give what you don't have. All right, y'all know that. What's next? Talked about faith, the shield of faith. The shield of faith that is able to quench all the fiery darts. Has anybody getting any fiery darts coming your way from the enemy? Oh, yeah. You quench them with your faith, with your shield, shield of faith. Well, you say, if one, one's coming, and by faith, you just speak to it. Okay, next, our speech. Speech, word of God. Our talk needs to be the way God talks. What is God saying about the matter? Does that matter? Does it matter what God has to say about the matter? Let's find out what God says about the matter and let's say what he's saying. It, might, it may fly in the face of the circumstance and it probably will, but it meant, it's meant to. If the situation, the fire darts are coming and, and you, you, you sit, no, I'm, I'm believing that that's not going to happen. And I'm going to speak to it. What's, what is God saying about it? Whatever your situation is, does, it, does anybody have a situation? Two people. Man, y'all really, you know, three people. Does anybody have a situation in your life? All right, now we're getting real. We're getting real. <laughs> All right, so everybody's got situations, right? He's God of that situation. But what does God say about that situation? Hmm, that's a good thought. No, well, that's, that's a good place to start. What does God say about it? Because that's part of our weaponry. That's part of what we're supposed to be doing in our walk with God, to be able to stand. You can't stand if you, if you can't say what God says about it. All right, let's, let's move on. And the last thing is prayer. We need to be able to pray. So let's, let's go back. So just understand that that's not pieces out here that you need to put on. That's your spiritual life that you need to wear. He said, you have to have this, the full armor of God, to be able to stand. So you're thinking, it starts out with all of our thinking. Some of our thinking is stinking thinking. You know, so you have to get the stink out of the think. You know, and, and think what God's saying. Think about what God's saying. What does God say about it? You know, it, it's, it's like, you know, the the, the, the deacons are, 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 are having a meeting and they're trying to do something, trying to figure something out, and they, and they go and they just stand, and they've been in there for about an hour and they cannot figure out, can't get it going. And finally, one of them says, Well, do you think we need to pray about it? And one, one of the other deacons said, Has it come to that? <laughs> you know? Now, our thinking is, we can do this. We can do nothing without him. Nothing. You know, I can change that from deacons to pastors. Doesn't matter who we are. If we don't start with God first, we're going to spin the wheels a little bit before we go, before we get there. And we may not get there. Why? 
because he is the beginning, he is the end, and he's everything in the middle. So let's consult him about it, all right? Okay, so the next one, let's read this a little bit, then I want to show you a video. <clears throat> Finally, be strong in the Lord. We talked about that last week. And in the strength of his might, put on the whole armor of God. Why? That you might be able to stand firm, stand firm against, against the schemes of the devil. He's scheming. He's got a scheme made just for you. He does. He's got plans and schemes and tricks and all that kind of stuff. But he said, you'll be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Next. For our struggle, our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Your struggle is not your husband. Amen, pastor. Your struggle is not your wife. Your struggle is not your neighbor. Your struggle is not flesh and blood. Your struggle is not flesh and blood. We always think, well, I got to do something about that person. No, you don't have to do anything about that person. You need to fight what's in that person. That's a spiritual warfare. It's not, it's not a physical warfare. Your boss at work. Your struggle is not your boss. A lot of times your struggle is learning to submit. Okay, <clears throat> learning how to honor authority. <clears throat> There's just so many things that we stumble on because we're not doing what God tells us to do. <clears throat> uh, he said, struggle. So we got, got no struggle. But anyway, it's not against flesh and blood, but it's against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. So if you don't know what you're for, you will not know what you're against. And you have been created to rise up as a warrior against all of these things that he's listing. Lord I, Lord, Lord, I need you to get rid of this. Well, stand up. I remember, listen, it's just a simple thing. I remember doing a, doing a graveside funeral over here on this Oakland Road. I can't remember the name of it. But anyway, we, we're, we're over there in the, in the, fun, the, the graveside part. It's about to start, and people are seated, and there's a, and down a valley and up on the next hill, there's about four dogs over there in a the fence that they, they are raising cane. You, I mean, it was like, just fighting and carrying on. I guess they was hungry, or they fed them, and everybody wanting to gobble it all. Whatever it was, it was making all the noise. And I'm standing there, and I said, you know, it's just such a distraction and I said, God, this is such a distraction. And you know, you know what I heard from him? Do something about it. Uh, you know, and, and my next thought was, I didn't bring my gun. I mean, <laughs> no, I wouldn't have shot him. I wouldn't have shot him. I, I, would, I wouldn't have shot him. I really didn't. You know, he said, but he said, do, do something about it. Do something about it. And I said, well, I want them to hush. I said, you tell them to hush. So, you know, people, the, the family's sitting, and everybody's looking at me, and the dogs are still yapping. And one, one lady says, I can't hear. I can't hear. I said, I bet you hear them dogs. She said, yeah, I hear them dogs. And I said, you won't in just a minute. And so help me, so help me. I looked over and pointed at the dogs. 
And I said, dogs be quiet in Jesus' name. Instantly it went silent. Not me. I'm just the old, just trying to be obedient to what Jesus said. He said, you quieten them up. Really, and they didn't bark again till the, I mean, we were chit-chatting and leaving, and I'm still not hearing them dogs bark. Now, you may say, well, does God care about that? Sure he does. Sure he does. See, we just toss our authority to the side and just say, God, you got to do this. And he said, I put you there to do it. But you know what that did for me? It helped my faith grow <clears throat> because I experienced what God, God said, you do this. I experienced hearing from God, being obedient, and him doing the work. Hearing from God, being obedient, and him doing the work. That's the way it works. It really is. You know, for me to go, for me to go stop them, I'd have to go over there and <laughs> beat them with a stick. No, no, no I'm, not, I'm not mean to animals. I'm really not. I'm, I better get off of that real quick. No, no, or get bit by, get bit by one. But anyway. But see, the thing is, he's wanting to grow us up and understanding that we have authority just like he does. And we need to use it when he says use it. <laughs> oh, that's a good word. We need to use God's authority when he says use it now. Now you use it. Use that authority. All right, what's next? See how all these things are? It's therefore, take up the full armor of God that you may be able to What? Resist, that you may be able to resist in the evil day. That's not a day. That's the time that you're in and, and having done everything to stand firm. Having done everything, stand firm. So let's look at this video just for a minute, and then we'll, uh, we'll get back to some of this other stuff. Have we got it? Yeah. They have to switch between keynote and, and video. And it's a big switch. <laughs> Sound. Sound.
<clears throat> he learned how to growl. He learned how to speak up. He learned how to change his little little cubby stuff to a to a down deep inside. He learned to he learned to let out his roar. So when we learn to take a stand, Father is behind us. He look, He's backing us up. As long as we're doing what He wants us to do, He's backing us up. You get it? Yeah, we just try to outrun him. We can't outrun him. See, the Bible says this. It, it says for us to be able to resist the devil is to submit to God. See, we want to resist the devil. Let's go to the next one. Uh, it, might, it might be in it. It might be it. <clears throat> uh, let's, uh, okay. <laughs> uh, the Bible and James says, There's, uh, submit, therefore, to God. And resist the devil. You can't resist without submitting to God. Submit to God. Do what he wants you to do. Live the way he wants you to live. And then when you resist the devil, he will flee from you. The word flee is not casually walk away. The word flee there is to aggressively leave. To lead Leave at a rapid pace. Because what he's seeing, instead of you, what he's seeing is God. And he's already been whooped by him one time. Right? You got it? He's already been defeated by God one time through Jesus. And we have to understand that, that our submission to God is key to resisting the devil. If we think, say, well, I got this. Well, we got nothing without him. You, you understand? We can, we can do all this other stuff, but we, without him, we got nothing. So I want you to say, real quick, I want you to see things in that passage about, uh, about the armor of God. and We need to uh, stand strong in him. Look, first is to know who the Lord is. See, in, in this, when you see uh, Ephesians 6, he's talking about be strong in the Lord and the strength of his mind. We've got to know who the Lord is. <clears throat> you know, who is the Lord? You know, the, the, the thing is, is he your Lord? Is, is he your master? You know, you know, there's a passage over there that talks about, you call me Lord, Lord, but you're not doing anything I tell you. So how can he be our Lord if we're not obeying him? He's not. He's still Lord, but we're not treating him as Lord because we're not doing what he says. So we need to do what he says. If we're not doing it, we just change our mind. That's repent, repent, and then start doing it. You know, so we need to know who the Lord is. And matter of fact, I, matter of fact, I, sometimes I talk to the devil. Not that he's around me, but the darkness, he sent, he's, he sent this, these schemes. And I said, you're not Lord. And this situation is not Lord. He's Lord. He is Lord. So if you don't know who the Lord is, you're not going to be able to be strong in his, in his might. Okay, so, so one, who the Lord is. Two, is know what the Lord provides for you. What has the Lord provided for you? 
Righteousness, truth, provision. What else? Finances. You hear? Do you hear? Who is providing all this? The Lord. He is the provider. He is Jehovah Jireh, my provider, your personal provider. But you got to know that. This is something we need to know. What's next? Know who you are in Christ. I told you one of them just a while ago. What is it? I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Who are we in Christ? We need to know that. That's something we just automatically know. If you haven't studied it out, look up every time he uses in Christ. Just, just do your study and look at everything that you have in Christ. All right, next. Know the Lord's ability through you. Is he able to work through you? Mm, mm, yeah. That shouldn't even be a, a, a thought that he can't. Now, we may limit him on what we believe and what we know and what we think. See, if we, if we start thinking that he can't, then we will walk as a way in, in, in our walk, in our life, that God can't fix this, can't do this for me. Yeah, he can. God can do what? All things. He can do the impossible. All right, we know the Lord's ability through who, who he can work through you. Know who the enemy is. It's not flesh and blood. Know who the enemy is. A lot of people just don't really know who the enemy is. But you need to know who the enemy is. Okay. Next. You know, the Bible, Bible said he is a roaring, seeking. See, I love, I love the word. He didn't say seeking to devour you. He didn't say that. He is a roar. He is like a roaring lion, seeking whom? Are you a whom? Seeking whom he may devour? Are y'all got? Yeah, I have. He's looking for the whom. He's looking for the one that is really not following God, but he says it. But said He's looking for that whom because he'll devour them. He'll make he'll make it rough on everybody. That is a whom. Because he's seeking the people that are really not serious with God. Those are the whoms. He can't just devour you because you're a Christian. Mm -mm 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 -mm. You have to become a whom. Then he can start, start devouring stuff. What's next? Know who the enemy is, know who is not the enemy. Y'all get it? You know, your friend is not your enemy. There might be something in your friend that is an enemy. Okay, not flesh and blood. Let's go to the next one. Know how the tactics of, know, know how, know the tactics of the enemy. 
know what his tactics. What are some of the tactics of he's a deceiver? What else? He's a liar. He's a, yeah, anybody else? A thief, a destroyer. I'm going to go over here. A trap setter. He, he sets traps for you. Yeah, he's an accuser of the brethren. Has anybody accused you lately? It's not that person. It is the accuser that's working in that person. So you can still pray for that person while praying against the accuser. We got, we got to know his tricks, his schemes, his plans. Does he want to kill you? Does he want to destroy you? Absolutely. That's, he wants to do all of that. But we got to know who God is. We've got we to know who the Lord is. And is he my Lord? If he's your Lord, then you're, he's your taskmaster. He is, he is the one telling you what to do. And with joy, we should do what he says. Next. Uh, know what the struggle is. What is the real struggle here? Why am I struggling? Why am I struggling right now? What is the struggle? It could be a number, it could be a number of things trying to get you to think, think, or that salvation again, that helmet of get you to get you to think that God doesn't care. God has left you out. He's, he's done this for everybody else, but he hasn't done it for me. You hear, you hear all these little schemes, all these little things that, that he wants to do, and that causes us to struggle. So where is the struggle? My struggle is that I'm not thinking what God is thinking about this. Next. Know how your spiritual weapons work. Know how they work. Get in the Bible and look at it. Next. Know you are able to resist. Say, I am able to resist. <laughs> now, it's, it's, like, it's like I heard uh, Brenda's daddy one time say, well, you got the easy part over with, and that's talking. He, he, was, he was in a store, and, and her daddy was... About like this, but he was dynamite. I mean, he really was a great man. But he 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 was at the Ace Hardware store, and and some guy came out and then <laughs> and didn't like something about well the neighbor. He was, a, he was his neighbor, and um, and big, pretty good sized guy. And he went over to Toddy. That's what, what Daddy's name. What they called him. His name was John Britton. But anyway, this big guy said, "Hey." Hey, don't you ever say anything else to my kids. What he told them, don't throw rocks on his freshly paved driveway. He just told them, don't throw. And he said, don't you ever get on to my kids for anything else. Then he says, uh, he said, he said, well, they're throwing rocks over on the pavement, and I didn't want rocks on it. And he said, well, I said, don't ever say anything else to my kids. If you do, I'll... You know, yeah. Well, Toddy got out of the car and he came to about 
like this to the man. And he said, well, you got the easy part over with, and that's the talking. <laughs> you know, well, well, all of a sudden, fear rose up in the big man said, uh, I'll tell my kids, no need for that. I'll tell my kids and all that kind of stuff. But, but anyway, we, we, somewhere along the line, we just got to stand up, you know, but, but our fight's really not with, that's a bad example of what I'm trying to do. <laughs> but he didn't fight. He just stood up. <laughs> he, just, he just stood up. Okay. You can tell that wasn't in my notes. <laughs> okay, next. What's next? Okay, you have to be, know that you are able to take a stand. He said you could stand up. That means you can. But there is a protocol of standing. There's a protocol of saying, okay, I, I, I need to do it his way, and I'll be able to stand whatever, whatever, like we said last week, whatever's coming out of those gates, we can stand against it. Why? Because he said we could. We can make a difference. We can make a difference. Love God. Love people. Make a difference. You can make a difference wherever you go. Make a difference wherever you go. Let's see what's next. We've got to close. Uh, uh, there it is. Submit therefore to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Next. Never think below your privilege in Christ. Never think below your privilege in Christ. Don't think you can't when he said you can. Next, are you, seeing, are you seeing your difficulties the same way as Jesus sees them? When you have the difficulties, when you have these things happening, these trials happening, are you seeing them the way Jesus sees them? We have to see what he's seeing. And then you have to say, Lord, what do you see in this? He'll show you. If you think, well, the bottom's going to fall out, but he's not seeing the bottom falling out. What's he seeing? He's saying he's looking for somebody that'll stand up and believe him no matter what the circumstances look like. That's what he's seeing. And that's what we need, we need to be a people like. Next. So what, what, see, do we agree with him? Here's the thing. Do we agree with him? He said, now here's what he says. But we have this treasure in earth and vessels that the surpassing greatness of the power may be of God surpassing greatness. In other words, it, the, his power is so great, there's nothing that measures to it. Do you believe that? Okay, it's yours. It's your next. It looks this one. Uh, pray that, that God, our, uh, God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. I pray that the eyes of your heart might be enlightened. Next. What's it? So that, so that you may, here's that word again, know. So that you may know what the hope of his calling. That you may know that he has a calling for your life. That you may know he has a calling. Well, I, I, you know, why are you here? That you may know the hope of his calling. You may know what that is. What else? Uh, you may know what the riches of the glory of his, his inheritance to the saints. Saints, the Know that the inheritance 
that he has is for you. He has an inheritance. If you, do, do you not know that? What is that inheritance? We've got to study to find out. There's a lot of things about that we're going to inherit. He said, but watch this one. You, you may know what the surpassing greatness of his power toward us who believe. What kind of greatness? Surpassing greatness of his power. There's nothing that can compare to his power in you that he has toward you. Are you in agreement with that? Do you even know that? Man, I, 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 you can't measure the power that you have inside you that he's bringing to you to be able to function the way we need to function as a Christian. I mean, it, it is so big. See, these, these what? These things that we know are in accordance with the working of the strength of his might. Who's doing the work? He is. We gotta stop, we gotta stop thinking that we've gotta work it out. No, he'll work it out if we'll just submit, submit, surrender to him. He'll work it out. We have to bring ourselves to this place of knowing that he's got this. Knowing that he's got this. What's next? Uh, uh, oh, th- th- we'll, we'll end on this one. This is huge. If I have forgiven anything, it's about forgiveness. I did it for, the, for your sakes in the presence of Christ. I gave forgiveness. I gave forgiveness. I forgave someone. I, I forgive them. I forgive you. I forgive in order that no advantage be taken of us by Satan. When you do not forgive, you give Satan the advantage you, you, you have, he has an open door to, to rise up and even deceive you more. It's almost like we're, he, all of it, he's been stripped of everything that he, all the power that he had, he's been stripped of it. And what we do when we don't forgive, we sort of give him a little bit of power back over us. Forgiveness is huge. That no advantage be taken of us by Satan, for we are not ignorant of his schemes. Now, let me, if you do not forgive, you give Satan an advantage over you. So, let's think about this for a moment. Has God been speaking to you, the power of the Holy Spirit, bringing up to you people that have done your own, treated your own, and you're still holding it? That's an open door. That's a foothold for the enemy to take more advantage in your life. Now you can choose, we can choose, we can choose not to believe that, but I'm telling you it's the truth. 
So if there's somebody that did something years and years ago, maybe in your childhood, whatever, whatever it is, or maybe, maybe it's been recent, somebody, somebody just really treated you bad, you personally. God tells us, he said, you forgive others as I have forgiven you. Well, how did he forgive me? While I was yet a sinner, he gave me love. Forgiveness is huge if we want to be able to stand. And you don't go up to them and, and, and say, I forgive you for being real cruel to me. <laughs> I forgive you for hurting my feelings. Well, they probably don't even know they hurt your feelings. And then they may want to argue with you. I didn't do that because they might not remember it. What is our job? Forgive them. Whether they know it or not, forgive them. When do I really need to go to her? When I have, have something. You, you understand? What? And I go ask her to forgive me for. And, and let, me, let me tell you this. Just don't walk up and say, I, I, I'm sorry. Everybody's sorry. Sorry, take, sorry has no weight. Matter of fact, is it a counterfeit from the enemy for us to go do? Or I apologize. When I treated you this way, I'm sorry, I apologize. No weight. Well, I've been saying that for years, Pastor. Well, then stop saying it. Make the change. Make the turn. Well, how do you do it? You walk up and you say, Andre, when I did this and this and this, I know that hurt you. And I know you've, I want to admit that was wrong of me. And will you forgive me? Or what if they don't forgive me? That's on them. At least I've went and asked for it. See, that's forgiveness 101. The enemy gives us all these little other things that we're really not all that sincere about. When you tell, I was wrong. Boy, I tell you, that's big. That's got meat on it. I was wrong when I, da -da 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 -da. will you forgive me? Everybody got that? Anybody got it on your mind to go do it? Well, then go do it. You understand what I'm saying? Because not forgiving, not releasing, not releasing that person to have the freedom in their life not to be charged with that by you. They don't have to pay for anything, but you forgive them. See, there may be a law that they violated when they did that to you. Well, the law don't have to forgive the law is going to pursue justice. Y'all understand that? So, so we need to forgive. If we do not forgive, we give Satan an advantage in our life.
Well, let's stand to our feet. Um, <clears throat> we're going to pause just for a moment. I want to, I want to give you just a few seconds to talk to the Lord about it. Ask him, Lord, is there anybody that I need to go to? And ask them to forgive me. Lord, help me to forgive or choose. I choose to forgive the people that hurt you, the people that did something to you. And then make that commitment today to follow his word. So when the next thing that rounds the corner, you will be able, more able to take a stand and stand firm against the schemes of the enemy. Lord, we thank you for your surpassing greatness of your power. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your spirit. And Lord, we ask you in the name of Jesus Christ to move upon us today that our feet would be walking with peace. And that, Lord, our, our, our thinking would change to be lined up with you. Lord, help us to make a difference. Lord, you've already made a difference in our lives. Help us to make a difference in other people's lives. And if you haven't forgiven anyone, just ask the Lord to remove, remove that advantage that Satan has because you've made your mind up that you're going to forgive these people. Lord, we love you, and we thank you, and we worship you today. And if you do not know Christ as your Savior, someone will be right here waiting for you when, when we close in this prayer. You're ready to surrender your whole being to the Lord. If that's you, you just meet Brother Doug right here. Father, thank you again for your love. Thank you again for this day. Thank you for this service. Thank you for this people. Lord, help us to love you more. Help us to love people more and help us to make more of a difference wherever you send us. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen, amen, amen. God bless you. Visitors, I want to meet you at the door. <clears throat> thank you for joining us today. Uh, we hope today's worship and study of God's word encouraging to you. If we can help you in any way, please reach out to us by going to fathersvineyard.org. That's fathersvineyard.org. Thank you again, and we hope we can see and hear from you soon. Until next time.